0: Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. Uh, This is a Reactive Redefined case study edition. So for those of you lovely people listening who are like, what the hell is Reactive Redefined? Reactive Redefined is an online coaching program for dogs who lunge, bark, generally lose their shit at pretty much anything. Um, And I have one of my lovely Reactive Redefined students with me tonight. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Yeah, hi, I'm Rhea, and I have a two-year-old Samoyed mix named Bucky, who is pretty dramatic. So <laughs> he he's a perfect candidate for this course, for sure.
0: Oh my God, and he's so perfectly white and fluffy. So, yes. Uh, okay, so let's back it up a little bit. So I want to hear about um, how you acquired Bucky, right? Did you get him as a puppy?
1: Yeah, so I got him at, I believe, 10 weeks old when he was just a little tiny fluff. And I got him from a kind of sketchy backyard breeder. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but I saw him and fell in love and fell out the window and I had to have that puppy. So he was, you know, not a, not a rescue and not from a fancy breeder, but, but I love him.
0: You know, and I think that this happens to so many people, like they have the best intentions and like, they go somewhere and they're like, I'm already in love with this dog. I realize this isn't a great situation, but I'm still taking this dog home with me. Right. Like you can't abandon them then, right. When they're 10 weeks old, like, I can't leave you here. You got to come with me.
1: Exactly. I mean, he definitely wasn't in a bad situation or anything. Like it was just a little farm and a family whose dog got pregnant, but I, you know, I had to have that puppy and it was love at first sight.
0: Oh my god so were his parents samoyed like do you know like with the actual lineage um
1: his dad was a purebred samoyed and his mom was a one-quarter white swiss shepherd so he's basically mostly samoyed but he's got like a really long snoot and long legs and i think he's like a prettier version of a samoyed personally (laughs) he looks a little bit more regal and like a little less goofy (laughs) although still goofy (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. Like he's just got a little bit like longer, taller structure.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, bless him. But he also, I, I think he got like if you imagine Samoyeds, they bark a lot in like a kind of more high pitched, excitable way, and then Shepherds kind of have that big, intense bark, and so he just like has like combined like intense bark, like super bark. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Okay. So let's talk about Bucky as an adolescent. So in his early days, he, he was, he reactive. Was he not reactive?
1: Like when did you start? Um, He wasn't really reactive as a puppy except to children. He really hated kids from day one, like was terrified of kids, would growl at kids, would bark at kids, did not like kids, but I, like, it wasn't anything else. Like he was totally fine with all adults and all other dogs. So I didn't really think of him as reactive I didn't like look up anything to do with training or reactivity I was just like oh he doesn't like kids I'll just keep away from kids like I didn't have kids my friends didn't have kids so it was kind of like "Eh, he's not really gonna see any kids so we'll just keep him away from them at the park and it's fine but yeah as he got older he slowly slowly developed reactivity to some adults and then some dogs and then it just kind of like snowballed from there
0: Yeah. So when did you feel like, how old was he when you were like, all right, I need somebody to help
1: me with this? Um, it was honestly like a few months ago. So when he was like a year and a half, I was finally like, he's just, it's got to the point where I'm taking walks at night to avoid people and not going to certain locations that I know there's a lot of triggers for him. And it was just like, I, I'm not doing anything about this. I'm just avoiding all of these different places and situations. And it it was got, it was getting to the point that I just couldn't, avoid everything anymore. And I was like, I need to actually sit down and work with him and not just be, you know, Oh, well, we can't go to this place, this place, this place, or this place. So I guess we'll just go to this one random spot late at night and hope for the best.
0: Well, and it's not sustainable. So do you, for some perspective, do you want to tell the listeners where you guys are located?
1: Yeah, I'm in Portland, Oregon. And I'm like, you know, right in, in a neighborhood with lots of people and dogs and cars and squirrels and Leo, every, every possible reactive dog thing is here because we're in a city so you know it's it's busy
0: right right and like he's young you're 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 a social yeah. person you want to be able to take him places with you right like you didn't yeah, want the totally to be, to be like he can just never come you wanted to have the skills so you could be like okay how do I make this possible so that Bucky gets to come and be a part of my life more yeah exactly and I think so many people feel that, right? Like they got a dog to include them in all of the activities that they want to do, right? And when you have this dog who's like lunging and barking, you're like, okay, how do how do we even do this, right? Like,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Make this happen. Oh my God. Okay, so um, do you want to just give the listeners some more perspective on like how those reactive behaviors present? So like, you're out on a walk, he sees a person or a dog. Like, what does that look
1: like? he basically will lunge, like do a big lunge at the end of his leash and bark really loud. And he has a couple of different barks. So some dogs he sees, it's, it's more of a, like, I want to play with that dog or meet that dog reaction. And that's kind of just like a bouncing, like a bunny lunge, So he'll, like lunge the end of the, the leash and then just kind of like hop up and down, up and down. Like I need to get to that dog. And then when it's a dog that he's like scared of or doesn't like, or mostly people, he will like do that lunge and then just bark really loudly and any like he, I know him as like a sweet fluffy like couldn't hurt a fly baby but he looks and sounds very scary when he's barking and lunging so oh my god yeah the I've had multiple bark. yeah the shepherd is it really comes out when he barks and I've had multiple people like on the street like literally scream when he like lunges and barks and I'm like I'm so sorry he's, he's not gonna hurt you I'm sorry we're working <laughs> so, on it working but it's, on it. it's 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 definitely stressful
0: Oh my God. Okay. So how did you
1: find me? How did you find Reactive Redefined? Um, somebody that I follow on Instagram, who I, of course, forgetting in this exact moment, but I, she also lives in Portland, I believe. She like shared this thing and it was like, oh, I love this course. You should check this out. And I was like, okay, like I just, I, you know, it was, I think it's like the quickest I've ever bought anything off like someone's Instagram. <laughs> Cause I was just like having a really bad day and Bucky had been so reactive for days. And I was like, just super stressed out. And so I clicked on this and it was like, does your dog lunge and bark? And you know, the whole spiel for reactive redefined. And I was like, yep, buy purchase. Like, give me that. I'm in. Oh God, I'm so glad we can, I'm so yeah. glad you found us. Oh my God. It was, <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I need. <laughs> Take my money. Like I want to be a part of this.
0: Oh my God. Right. Okay. So, um, do you want to share, um, with the listeners, like w- how you felt about like the initial look at like the course content? So for everyone listening, just to give you some perspective. We have a huge virtual library, right. Of training videos and explanations and like we talk about skill sets for the human and skill sets for the dog. Like how was that like absorbing that information at first?
1: I think in one of the very first few videos, it was like one of the introduction ones. It was with, um, I think his name's storm, the, the big German shepherd. And like part of the video, he like starts doing his lunging thing. And I just like immediately burst into tears. I was like, oh my God, there's another dog, like fuck out there. And like, there's people who are gonna help me. Like, I just like cried. As soon as I like started watching the course content, I cried. And then I just like kind of binged through all of them. And, and it was like super, super great. But it was like that moment of like, my dog's not a terrible dog. Like he's, there's other dogs who do the exact same thing that he does. And he's not just like some bad, terrible misbehaved dog. And it was just like a, it was a big relief. <laughs>
0: Well, and it's hard, right? To like have that perspective when like your circle of like friends and dogs don't present those behaviors, right? And yeah. like, your friends yeah. are like, I feel like we <laughs> internalize, right? We internalize like our dog's behavior being a reflection of who we are. And that sucks, right? Because again, you know him as this beautiful little baby, right? And then for the exactly. world seeing him as something
1: other than that is freaking hard. It was so hard, especially because like, the only other dog I had extensive experience with was the dog I grew up with. And she was like the least reactive golden retriever you could ever imagine. Like she loved every single person, dog, cat, baby, like skateboard she ever saw and like would just kiss everybody and like was so calm. and Like she didn't get scared of any sound and like you could, you know, do a firework right next to her head. And she's just like, what's up, (laughs) what's going on? So like, I was used to this kind of dog that was just like very, very calm. And so having a, my next dog be like so you know on edge all the time and so so like cued into things it was a big change it's like a culture shock
0: right like it's it really a completely is a different experience right than like what the the traditional archetype of like you know the golden you described, right? Like the dog yeah. walks past things and isn't bothered by things and just like naturally walks good on a leash. And like you know, those dogs are anomalies, right? Like it is not yeah. the majority. Yeah. It, you know, it, it is. It's a crash course And like, okay, apparently I need to be a dog trainer now because I have this dog <laughs> yeah.
1: who is not the perfect dog. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but I, at the same time, like I never, I never really appreciated things the same way with her because she was just so like you know great all the time and easygoing whatever but with Bucky like when he does when he does have a really good day it's like it's like amazing it's like oh like we're we're a team and we've got this and like look what we can do and like I'm so proud of him and I'm so proud of me and like everything's wonderful and like I you know it's there there's definitely like a lot of challenges but like having that high of like we we did something really great and we we achieved something is you know, it's worth it. Like I, I almost would rather take a tough dog now over a super, super easy dog.
0: Well, because right, like it's 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 a borderline spiritual experience, right? To like grow and evolve alongside a dog who needs you to step up and be there for them right? Like you don't get just to be you, the old you and just like walk the dog, right? Like you have to evolve into the new version of you that can help Bucky be successful in the world. And like I have so much admiration for all of the beautiful people you included, right? That are like, all right, I got this dog. I'm going to step up. I'm going to learn. We're going to grow together. Like that's a pretty profound thing.
1: It really is. And yeah, like there's definitely been frustrated tears, but there's also been like moments of like Oh my god, I'm crying because I'm so proud of what we can do and I'm so I'm so proud of him and I love him so much.
0: Oh my god, yes. Okay, so um do you want to kind of share with the listeners like some of the first like pieces of advice that you learned in the course or got from like that initial one-on-one call that you started to put into play that you're like, "Okay, this is the skill set that I was missing."
1: honestly, treats. I like was not good about bringing treats with me. And I would always be like, what do I do when he's freaking out? And like, I can't distract him. And he's just, and now I'm just like, I don't leave the house without the treats. And it's just huge to like have that. And I know people will be like, oh, well, I don't want to always walk with treats, but like, I just have a tiny little bag and like, it, it does, it doesn't get in my way. And it's like, I-, I would happily carry those treats for the rest of my life. And it makes life so much better.
0: Oh my God. Right. And like, just the empowered feeling that you know that, like, okay, cool, I've got the treats, and now I know how to use them. So it's not this like you know reactionary thing after he reacts, right? Like, okay, he's losing exactly, it, what do I do? Right? Like, what and do I? Yeah, proactive skills about like, cool, I got the cookies. We're gonna create some space. I'm gonna deliver the cookies, right? And I think that <clears throat> once you embrace taking the cookies, it's like you can't imagine your life without it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go and like not reinforce him for being one just cute and two like making really good choices that I'm after
1: yeah it's it's amazing and it's it's like it wasn't that I had like never heard of using treats or anything before but for some reason it was just like oh yeah I need to take them every time not just like oh I'm gonna do a training walk right now it was you know oh every time is training time really so making sure I always have them is huge yeah.
0: Okay. And I, I want to touch on something just because of
1: his breed. And, and I know that, that a lot of dogs
0: struggle with this, right. That like not always being interested in the food. Right. So do you want to speak a yeah. little bit about that and like your experience with, with Bucky as an individual?
1: Yeah. So when he was a puppy, I, I had him in a training class and it actually took some trial and error because there was a lot of treats. He just like, wouldn't even take at all. And so it was like, kind of a, a like, getting a bunch of treats and like doing a sample test of like which ones does he really like and like even now there's a lot of treats that he will take but he's just kind of like that's fine like I'll eat it I guess like (laughs) so I've had to like figure out which treats are the the good treats and and so now that I've figured out the ones that he likes he'll pretty much always take those unless he's like really freaking out but it was definitely trial and error because he won't just eat any old treat yeah (laughs) and I think that he's very opinionated (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I think that that's a big barrier of entry, right? Because like, I I get a lot of inquiries from really amazing people who have like northern breeds or shepherds. And they're like, listen, the dog won't take food on walks. And it's like, not yet, right? But they will. And I think that it's important, right? Just for everyone listening, if you're listening and thinking like, yeah. I mean, treats were great for every dog, but it won't work for mine. It will. Right. Like there's creative yeah. setups and there's some things that we have to kind of manipulate about the environment to get there, but it's totally possible, right. To get any breed of dog to be eating cookies. And I think Bucky is just a really lovely yeah. example of that. Right. Like he is.
1: Yeah. He's picky, but he's definitely. And yeah, I wouldn't call him a food made motivated dog at all, but yeah, once you find the right cookies, he's, he's happy to <laughs> happy to take them. Yes.
0: Okay. So I want to dive just a little bit more into, to what triggers Bucky. So, um, as a baseline, he is a dog friendly dog, right? Like he, he has doggy friends. He likes to socialize with dogs off leash, but on leash, right. It can be frustration or fear, right? Like it's, it's not always the same emotional driver for him.
1: Yeah. He, he's a weird dog and, and it's, it's still like a learning process for me because sometimes it seems like his triggers are completely random. And like one day he'll react horribly to something. And then the next day to me looks like the exact same type of dog or same type of person. And he just like completely ignores them. And so there's, there's a lot of things that he sometimes reacts to and sometimes doesn't, but mostly he is really protective of me. And so he doesn't like people that he thinks are coming right at us or anyone coming up behind him he doesn't like dogs running quickly at us he doesn't like dog like dogs jumping on me is like the ultimate no-no like like uh, usually that's the only thing he reacts to off leash pretty much is dogs jumping onto me like dogs can come up and sniff me and he's like okay I'm gonna watch this and make sure it's okay but if they're jumping up on me even if it's like obviously totally nice and playful he does not like that and he will jump on top of them and like throw them on the ground and So, and it's kind of the same with the house and the car. Like he is really reactive to people coming up to the house or coming up to the car if I'm in the house or the car, because he just is, you know, very protective of me. And so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the course, we, we talk a lot about like the individual dog and their individual motivations, right. And like, we can't take like who he is as a genetic individual out of the equation. Right. And like, he came pre-programmed with some of those like self-appointed, appointed appointed guard dog duties, right. (laughs) Where never told him to, but boy, does he show up for the job, whether we want him to or not. Right. And I think that for you and Bucky as a team, we had to get a little creative with like okay, how do we troubleshoot this? So one, we help Bucky understand that he doesn't need to be the guard dog and help him understand that like people approaching actually makes really good things happen. And it's not perfect, right? Like there's so many ebbs and flows, but I think for everyone listening, just understanding that we customize it specifically to you and your dog and their individual motivations or fears. Um, So do you want to speak just a little bit more about like his his human reactivity?
1: Yeah, he he is especially reactive to like the mailman or like delivery people who are coming up to the house and it's like it's like he doesn't he doesn't realize that they're a person he just sees them as a threat until like if he could actually like as soon as he can like obviously i can't really do this with mail people and delivery people because it's a it's a pandemic and they have to do their job but like if a if a new friend of mine comes over who hasn't met him or something like that like he's going to freak out but then as soon as they come into like the house and he can actually sniff them he's like rolling all over like give me belly rubs like licking them and like trying to climb into their lap like he actually really really likes people but is like really intensely reactive to them in a lot of situations so it's kind of strange cuz he's not scared of people and he doesn't not like people he just has a hard time meeting people and so it's it's been <laughs> it's been interesting, but he's, he's actually, he's getting a lot better and he's, he's really starting to, to open up and, and meet people way faster. And especially off leash, like he used to be anxious, even off leash of new people. And now like at the dog park, he will run up to each person and like lean against them and be like, pet me, pet me, pet me. And it's so cute.
0: My God, that is so sweet. Okay. So do you want to talk about some of the skills that you learn inside reactive redefine that like you're applying in your everyday walks now? So obviously like you've got your cookies, you've got your treat pouch, you're ready to roll. What are some of the skill sets that you
1: found to be the most practical, just like to apply right away? Um, I, my favorite thing is honestly teaching him to walk on both sides of me. Cause before I just, I had started to work on like healing a little bit, but it was always just on one side. And now that he's figured out how to do it on both sides, it's so great. Like I see someone coming, I just get him to the other side and it's so much easier to pass than being like, Oh, like, w- w- where, like I need, they're on the side that he's on. And like, what do I do? And, and that's just like amazing. And he's getting a lot faster at it too. And like, has finally figured out how to do it without a treat. As a key like he can he can just do it with just my voice and like maybe a little little motion from my hand and it's really awesome to watch him like improve on that every day and it's so handy when another dog or someone is coming and they're obviously not moving and i need to just like move him to the other side and Right. It's yeah. So
0: nice. I'm like, you know, he, getting a dog to heal is one of like those weird archetypes that is so freaking ingrained in all of us that we're like, the dog has to walk on the left, right next to us, you know? Yeah. And I'm always like, no, 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 we need the dog to do it on both sides because who knows what side the trigger is gonna be on. Yeah, them. exactly. That small skill set, right? Of like, can you walk nicely on my right side? And then getting him to like change sides in motion. It's it's such a simple thing that like really really is easy to teach, right? Like he picked it up quickly and then starting to apply to your everyday life. It's one of those like, oh yeah. Okay. Right. Of course. Of course I should teach him to walk on both sides.
1: Yeah. He's really fun to work with too. Cause my golden retriever, she was, you know, she was such a easygoing, sweet, good dog, but she was really dumb. And like, she did not pick up on anything fast (laughs) at all or ever. Like she, she wasn't like a super trainable dog. Like she She could never heal her entire life, no matter what we tried. Like she just was at the end of the leash pulling at all times. Like there was, it was impossible. And so like, Bucky is very, very smart and he can pick, pick up things like in a split second, like I'll do a cue two times. And he's like, okay, cool. got that. But he's also super, super stubborn. So it's, you know, (laughs) he knows a lot and he's very smart, but he's also like, I'll do that if I want to, we'll see. So that's where the cookies really come in. Like, it's like, no, you're going to do this. Are you not going to get a cookie? So,
0: yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's about getting creative about motivations, right. And making sure that we know for sure what motivates the dog so that we can get the desired outcome when we need it in the moment. Right. And like, you know, some dogs are just quicker to be paying attention to the person and following directions. Right. And like, you know, the Sammies aren't always that quick. Right. And like the fact that you've been able to harness some of his motivations and get him to engage with you and do some of these behaviors and these distracting environments are like giant wins for you guys as a team.
1: Yeah. And he, he like loves to pick up sticks and throw them around and he loves to sniff like everything and anything. So it's great that we have like those, those things to use if treats are just not as exciting and he can get these other these other reinforcements from just like, okay, you can go sniff that bush for a little while. And that's really helpful too.
0: Right. Just like those simple things, like, okay, you're in love with this stick. Cool. Walk at my side for a little bit and I'm going to give the stick back to you. Like, and I think it's just those simple, easy things to implement, right? Like he loves sticks. Amazing. Let him play with sticks, but get him to do a few things first, right? Like it's just those simple tweaks that I think it just, it makes it so much more motivating for the dog to participate because they, they're like, Oh my God, they get me right. They understand what I like. They're like, yeah. Oh my God, they're going to give me the stick. This is amazing. Right. And I think that it, it kind of breaks down some of that, like, otherwise like power struggle feeling, right. Where like you need him to do this thing, but he doesn't want to do it. Right. Like it breaks that down. And it it's this really amazing teamwork that you get to work on instead of feeling like you have to quote unquote, make him do something.
1: Yeah. I really do feel like we're such a team and such like, like he's like the love of my life. Like we're just so in sync with each other. And like, we're both like really stubborn people. So there's definitely like, there, there is like a power play sometimes where he's like, (laughs) I'm going to do this thing and not listen. Or I'm like, no, we're going over here and taking this cute picture for Instagram. And he's like, I don't want to sit there and take a picture. (laughs) It's like, you know, we definitely like push each other's buttons, but we're like, so like, and we just like love each other so much. And we, we, work so well together and yeah. yeah I've always I've always you know wanted my dog to be my friend and not like I never liked any of the language around like you need to be the alpha dog and, like you need to be like above your dog and like they need to know you're the boss all the time and I, I just I, I want my dog to be my best friend and I don't want him to feel like he has to like walk right next to my side at all times and like never never step out of line and never have fun and never like so I love just, you know, being his friend and
0: yeah. And celebrating his dogness and yeah. like, trying to battle against it. Right. Exactly. And I think so many people listening can resonate with that so hard. Right. Like you didn't get a dog to make them do things. You got a dog to no. like help them live their best life. So y'all could be happy together. Right. Exactly. Like, simple is that right. Like we bring these dogs into our lives so that we can all thrive together. Not so we can have this like weird power structure that doesn't really fit to our lifestyle.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've really since getting, cause my, my golden retriever is my family dog and since getting Bucky, who's my first own dog, it's nice to be like, well, this is how I want to do things with my dog. And it doesn't matter that other people are doing different things or that other people are, are judging this or that. Cause this is, you know, this is my dog and we're, we're, we're doing it. We're figuring it out. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. And I love
0: that. Right. Like, I love that you were empowered to be like, no, right. Like we don't have to do these weird, like mean things to our dogs, right. Like we can just work yeah. as a team and, and empower them to do what we need. Okay. So, um, I want to talk just a little bit about the group call dynamic, right.
1: And kind of like your interpretation and, and what you've kind of gotten out of it. I love the group calls because I think the hardest part for me, like as Bucky became more and more reactive was just that I didn't know anybody else who had a reactive dog. And so it just felt like I was the only person in the world with a terrible dog. And like, I would go out to the park or go, you know, to a bar with my friends outside and, and there would be like other dogs just like sitting there looking so great or, or playing so nicely, or they weren't barking at anything. And, and I would just feel this like, this kind of loneliness of like, my dog's just a bad dog and nobody else understands me. And so it's so great to like be in these group calls and just feel this community of people who, who are having all of the same struggles and successes and just be able to be like, yes, other dogs are, are doing these things too. And I don't have a terrible dog. I just have a dog and, and he's not the same as everybody's dog, but he's not bad. <laughs>
0: And, like, you know, I think in the group calls, like, a really cool dynamic that, you know, I, I can't say it was intentional, but it has like, been a-, a cool byproduct of the group calls is, like, you know, those conversations ab- around, like, how our family and friends are reacting to the behavior and their insight and what they think we should do, right? And just, like, knowing that, like, you're not the only person who's hearing from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> why are you giving him so many treats right like people from the outside who just don't get it looking in. yeah you know, like just knowing that you're not the only person that is experiencing like those weird interactions with like your your community of people
1: yeah exactly and just being able to like compare videos and stories of other people's dogs and and say like oh my dog does that exact you know bark or like oh he does that too to squirrels like oh I'm not alone and Like, it's so annoying when they do that, you know, just, just like the, the community is amazing. I think that's honestly like most of the reason why I joined the course. I think if it didn't have that community aspect, I, I probably wouldn't have like hit purchase that fast. I probably still would have done it, but it like being like, okay, I get to meet other people who also are, you know, learning how to live with a crazy dog.
0: God. Right. And like, The camaraderie of all of that, right? And the accountability. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's inspirational to, like, oh my God, this person, dang, they did really good work this week, right? Like, I think that we motivate each other, right? And inspire each other that, like, okay, they went out and they did this. Ooh, that could be a training session that I could do, right? Like, obviously, I want to be the guide in all of this, but like, I don't pretend that I'm the only person with the expertise. There's so much wisdom and like real life experience from everyone in the group. And it's been so cool to see you all like kind of feed off of each other.
1: Yeah. And I've actually followed a couple of people from the group on Instagram and we've become friends and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be throughout the the week, just posting videos or whatever to our stories and replying to each other. Like, Oh, look how good he's doing. And like, Oh, like it's just, it's really nice to like get messages like, Oh, look, I can't believe Bucky's healing so well. Like that's so good. And like, it's just so encouraging and so nice. Well, and people who understand like how much of a win
0: something from the outside maybe that would feel insignificant. Exactly. Right. The fact that like you know Bucky healed past another dog is a giant thing in your universe, and and those yeah. people get it, right? Like they completely understand that. Unlike the exactly. average, person, maybe it would be like,
1: okay, cool. Like okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's nice to to have people who know how big things that look small to everybody else are. Right.
0: So I want to highlight some of the wins that you all have accomplished, right? So for everyone, um, we're recording this. We're not quite done with all of the group calls, right? We're just, we're a month and a half into the call. So there's still, there's still room for progress, but um, I'm want to highlight some of the things that, um, are huge successes for you guys that maybe he wasn't doing before.
1: Yeah. So basically beforehand, actually before the course, I wasn't even taking him to the dog park at all, just because I didn't know if, I could handle it if he would freak out to a person or dog off leash. And usually he's not reactive off leash, but now he's been going to the dog park with no problems and like walking so well on leash. He's, he does pull a little bit, but his leash, leash walking has got amazing and he can heal on both sides. He can like turn as soon as I tell him. And he's even getting slowly, slowly better with the mailman, which is like his ultimate nemesis. He's able to lie down and bark a little bit more quietly from the rug instead of at the window, like face to the glass. So it's like, it, it doesn't sound that huge, but it's huge. It's really huge.
0: Okay. So was he the one who broke the window?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. When so- I say the mailman's nemesis, like, yeah, head through the window, broken, broken glass nemesis. In the Right, so and oh my God, that's freaking
0: huge, right? And I think you know, understanding that like some barks are okay, some barks is still progress, right? Like the fact that he can peel himself away from the window and like even listen to you or take food is huge progress.
1: Yeah, it's huge. He used to not be able to like nothing could pull him away, and even like just in the last week, I'm able to like call his name and like he'll come to get a treat from me like while the mailman is within sight, and it's it's amazing. It's, I honestly did not think he would get to this. Yeah.
0: It's so big. It's just those simple pleasures, right? Like, yes, really. Mailman today gave him a cookie. It was that easy. Right. Like instead of like,
1: dude, please stop losing your shit at the window. (laughs) I mean, he still loses his shit on a daily basis, but it's, I, I really feel like it's so much fewer and far more far between after this course and just working with him all the time. And and even my parents who have always been like, kind of like, Oh, your dog is so much work. And like, even they have been like, your dog's doing really well lately. And he's like, he's walking so well on his leash. And, and it's really great to like, get their like compliments. Cause they're, they've always been very like, Oh, Bucky, like, <laughs> do you have to be like this?
0: <laughs> oh my God, Right. Like other people noticing, like just those small changes in his behavior. They're freaking gratifying. Right. Yeah,
1: it really is
0: thank you for noticing all the hard work we've been putting in. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Okay. So how are you feeling about the future? Your training skills, what you need to be doing with Bucky? Are you feeling like you have the skill set to like, keep all of this up?
1: Yeah. I'm feeling pretty great. Honestly. Like I know that he's never going to be like, you know, just trigger free, comfortable in every situation, but I really feel like he's not holding me back and he's not like, I'm not constantly scared that some horrible thing is going to happen and he's going to freak out and something's going to go awfully wrong. And I definitely feel like he is, you know, learning how to calm himself down and, and, and look to me when he's, when he sees something that he doesn't like. And like, we're really bonding over this rather than it turning into something that I'm like, I can't handle this dog anymore. Like it's making us closer when I, when it first started, I felt like it was pulling us apart, but now it's, it's like, you know, bringing us together. Oh my
0: God. That is so amazing. And that's the goal, right? And like, yeah. you know, it, it's so hard because like, you know, when, when you're marketing a product, you want to be like, this will work for you. But like, I, I'm, I'm so cautious to never be like your dog will be perfect by the time this course is over because that's not the truth, right? Like that's yeah. not I don't know how it is. Right. But what is true is that you have the skill set to go out and you know how to handle these situations that, are going to keep happening, but they're going to be less intense. They're going to be easier to get through. Right. And like, that's the real goal, right? Is that you have the skills when you leave the program and you know how to keep them up throughout his entire life. Right. Like, yeah. this is not like, okay, we work together for three months and the dog is perfect and then we're done. Right. Like, not the way that it works in the real world, we're just living, <laughs> yeah. emotional creatures. But, you know, the fact that you guys are working as a team, that makes you
1: unstoppable. Right? Yeah, like the, And it's, it's just so like given me matter. so much confidence in myself. Like before it was every time he reacted, my first thought was like, oh, I'm a bad owner. Like I didn't train him right or I didn't socialize him right. Or and now I've just, you know, learned like this is my dog and this is just how he is. And we're just going to work with him how he is now. And I'm not going to like I'm not just berating myself about doing something wrong when he's a puppy, maybe or or, you know, maybe I shouldn't got have got him from a backyard breeder or like what, maybe I shouldn't have moved across the country or all, all these things that had really nothing to do with it necessarily. And he's like, it's just who he is. And, and like having the confidence myself th- like just makes even the, the reactions that are just as intense as before not feel that intense. Cause I have the skills and I know how to handle it. And we just like brush it off and keep going and keep training. And it's like, it's so much better. It's like, it's been a life changer.
0: Oh my God. Right. And you get
1: to free yourself,
0: right. From that guilt and yeah. responsibility. And that's, that's so many people because we all just care so freaking much about our dogs. Right. Like, I think that it comes from just like this genuine, like borderline obsession with our dogs. Right. That, like, oh, it's we, not even borderline. Right? Like, I'm, I'm straight up obsessed. <laughs> right. Like this obsession with our dogs that like we internalize and we take on so much that like yeah. it's improving us, right? And I'm so glad we you were able to let that go and just celebrate who you and Bucky are as a team and know that like, it's not your fault, right? Like now you have the skills to go out and be good together, right? And it, it's so human of us, right? And, and other people's perceptions of our dog's behavior. And we're like, are we failures, right? Like, did I fuck something up along yeah. the way? But it's not like that, right? Like it's so much more about just Situation looking at the environment, what you can do, right? And when you have those skill sets, you're free of like those stories we tell ourselves that get us nowhere,
1: yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, it's been just great to kind of let all of that go and just be there for my dog, and oh my god, and yourself in turn, yeah, really. God, it's so freaking cool, Rhea. Okay.
0: So do you have any advice for the reactive dog owner that's listening and they're kind of feeling like there's no hope for them and their dogs?
1: Honestly, I think my biggest advice is just like, love your dog for who they are. Don't, don't look at all of the dogs on Instagram or at the dog park and think that they're the perfect dog and you just got the the wrong dog or the difficult dog. Like just love your dog because yeah, my dog's really hard and he, He's full of emotions and he's dramatic and stubborn, but like, I love him. And, and like, whenever I feel like he's being so ridiculous and I can't handle it. If I just, you know, take a deep breath and look at him and I'm like, I love this dog and he's amazing. It's so much easier to handle it. And, and I honestly think it like rubs off on him too. Like if I'm, if I'm able to just be like calm and, and chill about it, he's so much easier too. And it's just. Um, you know, it's easier said than done sometimes, but you know, just, just love them for who they are and, and be patient. Just be patient. Yes. With yourself and with the dog. Yeah. I want to say, I think I have to be more patient with me than I do with him sometimes. Cause I get so frustrated and then he gets frustrated and yeah, patience yeah. is huge.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So Rhea, if people want to see all of his white fluff in in its glory, can you tell them how they can connect with you on Instagram?
1: Yeah. His Instagram is Bucky Fluff because he's very, very fluffy and he's quite a character. So, you know, there's lots of hilarious photos. I know everyone
0: is going to be like, she says white fluffy. And then they're going to be like, Oh my God, it's better than I imagined. Yes. Everyone listening, please. If you have a a white fluffy dog or a shepherd and you can relate to Raya. Oh my God. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag her. Right. Because
1: yes, please. I want to meet all of your dogs.
0: There's such a giant community and you know, it's so much more than just reactive redefined. It's really just like this at large community of reactive dog guardians who like are supporting each other through Instagram. And it's so freaking cool. So Raya, it's it's been a total delight. It's been an honor to know you and Bucky, and I know y'all
1: are just going to go out and keep kicking ass in the world. Thanks, and you know, thanks for having me, and also for teaching us so many skills so that we can yeah be a be a little rock star team and <laughs> take on the world
0: reactive redefined reopens for enrollment on thursday april 1st so if you have a reactive dog and you'd like to be a part of the program head to our website www.agoodfeelingdogtraining.com backslash reactive redefined to learn more thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed the show